Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi friends, welcome back to the show. I'm happy to have you here. Um, Happy late spring, early summer. I'm excited to share with you today about the topic of tuning in and how it can lead you into a career that is self-directed and that is really congruent with you on a deep, deep level. It's really painful to want change, to know that we need to grow, to want to evolve, but not feeling sure about which direction to go in or feeling like we're being pulled along by what someone else thinks we need to be doing in our working life. And I really believe in the power of creating the right conditions for our growth and then tuning in to get the guidance that we need as we take those little steps. That's really all that I do for people in my work as a coach. And it really is effective as long as we stay connected to that channel of integrity to our own radio frequency and make choices that are congruent with that inside of a safe, supportive environment. There is a deluge of information, stories, data within and outside of us, and a lot of it is just unhelpful. It's distracting. It's noisy. And a lot of the stories that we buy into or that we hear over and over and over again cause us a lot of pain. And today I want to empower you to make a choice about which frequencies you want to tune into right now in your life and career, because it's really difficult to grow in an aligned way to make the right choices for us if we aren't tuned in to our own wisdom, if we can't hear the messages that we need to hear and then act in alignment with them. So today I'm going to share my thoughts about tuning in with that means, what it takes, and why it's so important to do if you want to enjoy a career that is self-guided, you know, not a career that your parents think is okay or that your ex would approve of, but one that you love, one that showcases your strengths and what you offer to the world, and one that is deeply meaningful and impactful in the ways that you want it to be. So if we can build a strong connection to our own wisdom, to the wisdom that's sent to us by something greater than ourselves, then we can make choices that line us up, that line us up with one, where our hearts are called, and two, where we can make the best impact in the lives of others and the world around us. So I'm really excited to share this with you today, and I hope you'll keep an open mind because in true Gemini fashion, it's a little, it may feel a little bit out there, may feel a little ethereal or difficult to um, make sense of if you're uh, part of, or, you know, if you believe in a worldview that's very Um, concrete or practical, but stay with me. I think you'll get a lot out of it. I just have one short announcement today, which is that this is the last podcast episode before I take a pause. I'm taking a modified sabbatical for cancer season from late June to late July. And as part of that, it won't be creating any podcast content. 
But I'm also tuning in to my own sort of wisdom here and sensing that the podcast wants to evolve in some way. And I'm not sure exactly what that means. It may mean that the format needs to shift. It may mean that it's time to let go of this medium for a little while or forever. Um, And I'm just sort of paying attention to the signs or insights I'm getting about that. And I don't have a lot of clarity about it now, but I expect that um, as I take some extra space and sort of tune in in my own ways, I'll get more information about what the podcast needs or wants to become right now. And I'll keep you posted either um, in a newsletter update or on a a podcast announcement uh, after I come back in late July. And I would encourage you just at the outset before we dive into this topic today to just know that like tuning in doesn't have to be this humongous like life-changing event. It can be, it's really small usually and the messages we get are pretty quiet. Sometimes they're subtle and imperceptible. Sometimes they're very loud. But if we are tuning in on a regular basis, my experience is that we usually just get these little nudges And our role is to just pay attention to them and give them space and make choices in alignment with them based on what we know, which isn't always a lot. And that we don't have to be afraid of what we'll find when we tune in. Because there's no, um, you know, tuning in isn't about tapping into some like other channel of, you know, information that's outside of us, right? It's not there to cause us pain or suffering or to scare us. It's really there to help us. And so, yeah, there is a part of me that's got a lot to say about the idea of evolving the podcast or letting it go. And I have a lot of, you know, my inner critic has a lot to say about what that would mean or what it would look like or, you know, how scary it might be. But I'm choosing to listen to the part of me that wants to grow and wants to be Um, really attuned to the work that's in alignment for my my spirit my strengths that's you know has the biggest best impact that's really offering you something that is as good and high quality as it can be and so I'm choosing to tune in there instead of the voice that says you know I'm being flaky or like you know you need a podcast to grow your business or whatever it is on any given day so just want to let you know that I'm also on this path with you. I'm doing this work and that some of it can feel scary, but the, the tuning in the act of listening to the quieter, more peaceful, usually much more truthful voice doesn't have to be something that's scary or big or overwhelming. It's usually a small choice, a small realignment that's um, usually really fruitful and nutritive. So with that, why don't I guide us through our opening invocation, and then I'll share a little orientation to the cycle of the seasons that we're in. So wherever you are, just taking a moment to take a breath and kind of bring your energy back into this present moment into your body. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. 
Okay, I want to share some thoughts about where we are in the cycle of the seasons. Um, so right now, as I'm recording this, the sun is in the sign of Gemini, which is an air sign, a mutable sign, transitioning us from one season, the spring, into the next, which is, of, of course, summer. There are also some other astrological goings on that, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in, but that I think are adding a little bit of added texture and information to this time, which is that we are in the middle of a series of three eclipses. We had one a couple of weeks ago, a full lunar eclipse. This Thursday, we have a solar eclipse and a new moon. And then there's another one coming um, in a couple of weeks as well. And my understanding and learning about eclipses is that it's it's almost like we're just awash in this sea of change. And there's nothing we really have to do other than to surrender to it. Mercury is also retrograde. It has been for a couple of weeks and will be, um, I think, for the rest of June. And so if you feel like there's a lot of change afoot right now or turbulence or, um, you know, possibility and potential, I encourage you to just ride those waves to really anchor into what makes sense here, but to move through this time without a lot of clinging or grasping and really being open to becoming someone different in this time. You know, what might be falling away with each of these eclipses? What What's an outer layer that's ready to go, a piece of your identity that you just don't need to carry with you anymore, or um, a weight that isn't yours that can be sort of let go and taken by the sea? You know, what are what are the new unfamiliar paths that you feel ready to walk down or to explore? And can you just pivot a little bit, a tiny bit each day to get closer to that current or to that channel? On June 20th is the summer solstice when the sun moves into the sign of cancer. It's the longest day of the year. There's the most light. And from here on out, from June 20th all the way into December, um, the light will begin to diminish again. So this is a really big, potent time. We've got these eclipses. We've got this mutable air sign transitioning us into the summer. And then in the first part of the summer, we have this sign of cancer. The sun moves into the sign of cancer, which is a cardinal water sign. And every zodiac sign, every, you know, texture, like type of sign has its own flavor. And every water sign has its own flavor as well. And I think of the Cancer Zodiac sign as being kind of that mountain spring that's fresh and there's like so much new potential there. It's like the start of the river. And that mountain spring over time becomes that rushing river. It grows, it gains momentum until it's so big and vast that it's, you know, feeding life within an entire ecosystem. And so we have so much to learn from these teachers in nature. And I think of this time, this transition from Gemini into Cancer, from spring into summer, is really inviting us to look at like, how can we be fostering a connection to the ether, to what is invisible, to what is unseen, so that we can experience greater, healthier flow in our lives, you know, and and it's really about asking like these bigger questions of who am I becoming? What needs to fall away in this early summer in order for me to become more of that person? 
And who we are becoming is bigger than our careers, but it has serious implications for our careers, of course. You know, who do you want to become this summer? Are you becoming a leader, a poet, an elder, a healer? And what is it going to take in order for you to become who you really are in this next layer? You know, it's not a journey that's like complete. There's not a point A and a point B. But in this cycle, in this particular summer, and I hope there will be many more summers and you've lived through many summers already, in this next cycle, how can you be closer and a more true version of who you are? And I invite you to consider that the choices you make in this window of time might be creating larger ripple effects than usual. And to really consider that change can happen in surprising, non-linear ways. You know, consider that anything is possible. Anything can come through on the wind. Messages, insights, information. Consider that there is something bigger holding all of us together and that once each of us, including you, to participate in the big flow of life. You were born into this earth at this time for a reason. I really believe that. And I encourage you to become intimate with that truth, with that possibility, even if there's a part of you that doesn't believe it, that believes that you're here randomly, not by choice, um, and you know, by accident. And I want to talk a little bit about these various parts of ourselves. There is a part of you, of each of us, that recognizes your wisdom, your wholeness, your purpose, your destiny. You might call it, you know, your soul, your spirit, your higher self. We all have this part. It cannot be broken. It can be, I think, constrained. We can choose not to listen to it. It can sometimes be hijacked by others, um, but not forever and certainly not permanently. Oftentimes, I think if you, um, you might see this in your own life or in the lives of older people in your lives or um, people who have passed on, if we don't listen to this part of us or develop a relationship to it, it can get louder and louder or even cause distress in the mind and the body until we surrender to it. And that surrender may not happen until we die. But there is always this part of us that's calling us back home, calling us back into integrity and wholeness. And depending on where we are on this journey and, and sort of the evolution of our soul, it may come, you know, in very quiet moments and messages, and it may, you know, need to be very loud and cause chaos and distress until we will turn and actually look at it. And many people are cut off from this part of themselves or distrustful of it as a result of childhood trauma, which is something that we all experience to to bigger or lesser degrees. It's the trauma of, you know, maybe seeing something as a child, but being told that it wasn't real or it didn't happen. The trauma of not feeling safe or cared for or really seen, you know, maybe our material needs were met, but we weren't really seen for who we were. It might be the trauma of instability on and on. We all have these experiences and when they're left 
unattended or unseen or ignored, they can cause cracks in our psyches or in our connection to our higher selves, which doesn't mean that we did anything wrong or are bad for not looking at them or recognizing them. But it may mean that we've learned to distrust our intuition out of necessity or because a caregiver taught us that it's not safe to do so. You know, we might ignore what our spirits are calling out for because we learned as young people that to be kind or loving or to be good is to put everyone else's needs before our own. So we all have these wounds and they are real experiences that need to be validated, that they really happened. You know, I really felt that way. I really needed that and I didn't get it. We start there by sort of scooping our little selves up and validating what happened. And if we don't start by acknowledging where our connection to our higher selves was impeded or cut off or um, manipulated, or just that it, you know, that there was this disconnection, if we don't start there, it can be difficult to rebuild and to heal that fracture and to reattune to our own inner wisdom and connection to the divine. But again, this is never impossible. It's never a permanent break. I love this quote from Bell Hooks. She wrote, contrary to what we may have been taught, unnecessary and unchosen suffering wounds us, but need not scar us for life. So you may have spent a long time mistrusting yourself. You may be there regularly still. You may, um, you know, have chosen not to believe that you have a destiny that is larger than what capitalism offers to you, but those ways of being can always change. You have a direct line of communication to higher wisdom, to guidance, to the messages that you need to hear. It is not outside of you. It's not behind a paywall. You don't need a password. (laughs) And it doesn't require an intermediary. You can offer yourself healing and realign with your soul's radio frequency at any moment, no matter how young or old you are or where you've been in your life. And our careers are often places where our soul cries out for our attention. Martin Shaw wrote in his book, Scatterlings, quote, As we age, the desire for meaningful work can descend on us almost as strongly as romantic love. The soul reveals the desire for significance, for heft, for some psychic resonance over and over again, and will crash our lives against the rocks until we take notice. End quote. So today I want to share some ways that you can take notice and hear the messages that your larger self may be trying to send to you. So when I talk about tuning in, I really mean the act of turning your inner radio dial, your attention to the frequency that you came into this world with. This frequency connects you to the divine, which I consider to include your guides or ancestors that are in the ether supporting you in all kinds of ways. It's really an act of acknowledging that everything is connected in one large web that there is more to life than what we can just see and touch or measure. And tuning in takes, usually it takes more time and space than most of us will give it day to day. (laughs) You know, how much of your day are you consuming information or data from outside of yourself? I know most of us are fairly imbalanced in this way. There's a lot of room for 
news or information or communication with others or data from other people and a small sliver or sometimes zero space for our own data information, the insights that come from inside of us and through this channel. So not only is it a little little bit imbalanced, but oftentimes the sources that we're listening to that are external contain stories that are diminishing or cause us to be sort of overwhelmed by fear or want us to feel disengaged. So we get to choose, you know, how much space does our own tuning in need to take? And then when we're not in that space or when we're not, you know, intentionally in that space, what is the external information and data and stories that we're letting into our environment, into our psyche? And are those stories that are supporting us in our evolution and in becoming people who are big enough to handle the challenges of these times? Or are they stories that are outdated and no longer helpful or that are actively making us feel diminished? And so there are, I see like two sort of sides to tuning into this practice. Part of it is being in silence or presence with yourself. Really taking a situation, a choice, an experience, and pulling it in to that sort of cavern within your chest or within your body, that sacred space, and waiting. And really giving yourself the space to just sit with a situation, an experience, a feeling, and notice what insights bubble up. And they may not come up right away. They may come up later on a walk, you know, while you're giving your kids a bath, while you're washing the dishes, whatever it is. So there's the act of sort of creating that space. And then there's the act of sort of receiving what wants to come as a result, which can happen through dream work, you know, journaling, you might ask a question and write about it or let your subconscious kind of chew on it. You may ask questions and use an intuitive tool like the tarot. You might sort of bring this situation into your heart center, into that sacred space inside of you and just notice how it resonates with your body. You know, notice what feelings or sensations come up. You know, do I feel safe? Do I feel triggered? Do I feel frozen? And what information is there for me? It's really not just about like thinking about a thing and having the space to think about something. It's the thinking, of course, that can be really helpful. It's that plus creating room for a quieter, more ancient, often more subtle part of you to chime in. So there's this communication with ourselves that needs to occur But another part of tuning in is asking for messages from the world around you, from whatever makes sense to you, from your guides, your ancestors, from the universe, from the divine, you know, asking for signs and symbols that may not make sense to anyone else but you. But when you get them, you recognize them as a pattern. You recognize them as a message. You might get chills. You might feel a sense of openness and expansion. We can ask for these messages and we can get them. This happens all the time. I bet if you just think about in the past when you felt like you got a message or a sign, I'm sure you have examples. Or if you ask someone else, I'm sure if you start noticing that other people have this experience as well, 
I'll be in like sessions with someone and there will be some like profound insight that comes up or some um, new awareness and we'll hear like the birds outside, you know, chiming in or cawing. And it's like this amazing timing of um, affirmation and just this recognition that there is a connection, that the work we're doing here is not isolated to us and our careers, but it has reverberations and impacts in the world around us. I had a um, an example of this. I got a really clear sign a couple of months ago. I was taking a walk through my neighborhood and I was on a call on a therapy session with my therapist. Um, and we were talking about this like new stage of growth that I was in and it was really uncomfortable. And I was walking on this very familiar street that I walked down all the time. And I said something like, I just feel like a part of me is dying. And at that moment, I looked over and I saw this bumper sticker. I'll never forget it. It had a sunflower and a dragonfly on it. And it said, in loving memory of our dear Megan, spelled the same way as my name. And at first I was like, oh my God, that's so sad. And then I realized (laughs) the timing and language of that and the fact that I've walked past this car dozens of times and never noticed that bumper sticker. And I just got chills all over. And it just felt like, you know, a message that of affirmation that, that, yes, a part of me was dying and that didn't mean that it was the end. And so with total respect for that family's grief and that person's experience, I felt like it was this very loving, just amazing um, moment of encouragement for me that came from outside of me, but was for me that no one else would have understood or, or recognized you know, so these hap- these signs come through for all of us in big and, and small ways. This is something that we've talked about a lot in Cedar Lodge and the community that I run. You know, everyone is getting these messages. We just have to come at it with a light touch to kind of play make-believe here, to pretend. You know, if there's a part of you that thinks this is all bullshit, that's fine. <laughs> that part of you can stay there. But there is another part of you that knows that this is real, And so we can ask and we can be playful and then we have to just pay attention. It's much easier to tune in when we make it a habit, when we regularly create space for it on a daily basis. And it doesn't have to mean just meditating for 30 minutes every day, although it could mean that. But it might also mean noticing, you know, what's underneath the thoughts that you're having about a situation. What what changes if you put your hand on your heart? It might look like praying throughout your day or asking for signs or doing activities that puts you into a state of flow and openness. So however you connect with your unique channel is perfect. And it may take some experimentation and tweaking, and it may be very small, But if you can just add like a teaspoon more of this every day, a teaspoon more of curiosity and space for your own inner connection to self and to the divine, um, I think you'll notice important shifts. And I want to give you a chance to kind of embody some of this and bring it into your real experience. And so I want to walk you through just a quick visualization that you can do, you know, as you're walking, driving, washing the dishes, whatever you're doing as you're listening. Um, If you are in a place where you can sort of sit and close your eyes, that's wonderful. But even if you can't, uh, your body will remember this and you can come back to it at any time. So let's just take a couple of deep breaths together to kind of bring our consciousness and awareness into this moment. 
now I want to invite you to imagine that there is a large rod of light that runs through you, through your core, along your spinal cord. It can be any color. It can be as bright as you like. It can take up space in your whole body. It can be small. And I want you to imagine that this cord of light goes up through the crown of your head all the way to the heavens until it connects to some star, planet, or power source in the universe above. And it also goes all the way down through your body into the earth, anchoring you in. See if you can feel this cord or this rod of light actually bringing your spine into greater alignment, connecting you to the core of the earth, that metallic, grounded, rich soil, and also to the ether. And you can pretend that with this rod of light, you're actually able to send messages into the earth, into the sky, and you can also receive them from the earth, from the sky. That this core of light is your own unique portal that's been with you since birth, that is always with you. And it doesn't mean that you're not connected to others or that you're in a silo, just that you also have your own channel of wisdom that flows in and out of you. So let's take a moment to just close this visualization. And again, you can return to that at any moment, whenever you need to pull on something different and give yourself a felt sense of tuning in. Tuning in is a primary way that people can create careers that are deeply in alignment with them because by doing so, they are making decisions, able to make decisions that's based on information that comes from somewhere in addition to rationale and logic, not just information that's based on those two things. You know, very rarely do my clients not know what to do. It's really that they get in a situation or get into a pattern where there isn't room in their current reality or consciousness to do or to hear what it is that they know they need to do or hear. And you can tell when someone is tuned in to something deeper and you can tell the difference in yourself as well. When you're in the presence of someone who is tuned in to something deeper, you feel it, right? Their presence is different than when you're with someone who is caught up in the shallow static of modern culture. So tuning in feels different. It creates a different presence within us. It also offers way more possibilities than the binary thinking that the mind loves so much and that white supremacy loves so much. It's the difference between this or that and this and that. The mind loves to say, you can do this or that. And when we tune into our larger selves, to our channel, we can we realize that what's true is actually that many things can be true all at once. We can be afraid and grow. We can feel sad and be relieved. We can feel regret and be proud of ourselves. We can do work that's meaningful and easily pay our bills. 
So the key with tuning in and letting it take you somewhere new is that it's really important to act upon the messages that we're getting. So to create the space to hear them, but then to do something with them, because then we create a positive feedback loop and that muscle grows. There's a lot of suffering that comes when we know our soul is calling us to grow in a new area, but we continue to ignore it. Or when we're getting messages that say, you know, we shouldn't go down a certain path and we choose to do it anyway. I know we all have that experience, me included. There's this really lovely short poem by um, the poet Nayira Wahid in her book, Salt. And uh, she's talking about the struggle that can come uh, in her case with writing or art. And I want to read it to you and see, just see how it lands. So she writes... When you are struggling in your writing or art, it usually means you are hearing one thing, but writing or creating another. And you may not consider yourself a writer or an artist, but we all know what it's like to hear one thing from deep inside of ourselves and choose to do something else. It impedes our flow and our ability to live lives that are meaningful to us. So tuning in and then making choices based on what you're hearing is a way that you reclaim your sovereignty, your connection to something larger, and it is a way that you can foster self-direction and true clarity in your career because you're choosing to tune into the messages that make sense for you, your soul, the part of you that came into this world that chose to incarnate. You're not tuning in as much or at all to the frequencies and the old stories that tell you what you can and can't be or who you are or who you're not. So the next time you're presented with a choice or you feel that tug to grow or try something new, see if you can make even more time than usual to tune into your channel. Visualize that rod of light, ask for a dream, sit in silence, talk to the birds about it, talk to the flowers. Hold off on asking for advice from the people that you usually turn to. Really give yourself the chance to be whole here, to bring your rational, thoughtful self, to bring it into a more meaningful relationship with the part of you that is logical in a much more fluid and nuanced way. You can be logical and intuitive. You can be practical and spiritual. You can be grounded and ethereal. In fact, we are all each of those things all the time. It's just a matter of, you know, whether we can live in the harmony of all of them at once. So I hope that this episode helps you guide you closer to your own channel and that tuning in there really helps you to be more aligned in your working life. You deserve that. And it's absolutely possible no matter what your relationship to your channel has been like thus far. So again, I'm not sure what my tuning in will uncover about the next season for this podcast, but if you would like an update when I have one, the best ways to stay informed for that are to either join my newsletter at the link in the show notes or to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get alerted, you know, if and when another episode comes out. So Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Your tuning in benefits all of us, and I'm just so honored to be in community and on this path with you. Take good care. Bye for now.